Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Dining with UC Dietetics. My name is Emma, and I'm the secretary of SDA, and I'm here with a couple other members, if you guys want to introduce yourselves. <laughs> Hi, I'm Christina. I'm a second year, and I'm the vice president of SDA. Hi, I'm Kenzie. I'm a second year. Hi, I'm Kylie, and I'm a fourth year student right now, but I'm in my dietetic internship. Alrighty, so our check-in question of today, since we all do work at Beauty Bob, is tell us about your go-to order or your dream closing squad, um, any BBT you have, or what's the deal with getting rid of Muche? Alright, I'll go first. I'm very sad we're getting rid of Muche. <laughs> okay, Muche slaps, I'm not going to lie, it's so good. I'm very sad that it's gone, but I'm really hoping that they're going to bring it back. Um, dream closing squad is very clearly is going to be Christina, Emma, Kenzie, Dana, and myself, all the dietetics girls, maybe with a little Susie or Teddy up in there, you know, if you know, you know, but that's it. And then my go-to bowl, I always go with the salad and then I switch it up. Like sometimes I'll put some purple rice on there, maybe some of that cauliflower rice. That's pretty good too. And then I always go all three hot toppings. That's the only way to go. And then tofu and spicy chicken for sure. And then I add a little corn, I add a little egg, a little cheese, and then I switch up the sauce just depending how I'm feeling. If I'm feeling spicy, I'll go sriracha, maybe some gochujang. Maybe if I'm feeling more like light, I'll do the sesame ginger, but either way, it's always good. So that's my go-to order for sure. I definitely have to second what Kylie said. Dream closing team is definitely all the dietetics gals. Um, love closing with them because we literally just talk all things dietetics classes catch up it's so great and then um my go-to order is always purple rice potatoes i don't really like bean sprouts or beans not a big fan and then i get marinated chicken <laughs> and i usually i love the carrots we have there because they're tossed in sesame oil so I get a lot of carrots, some cheese, some eggs, and some corn. And then my sauce always changes. Um, right now, my go-to combo is yum yum and sesame ginger and sesame oil because it's so good. <laughs> and I'm kind of sad about the moochie, but it wasn't a part of my like go-to order. So I'm like not that upset, you know? <laughs> This episode should really be sponsored by BB Bop. I should have like checked in with Susie about that or something. Because this is like a free promotion. But anyway. Um, yeah, no, definitely. Like you guys said, the Dream Closing Squad is a dietetics gang. Watch somebody like listen to this and be like, what the heck? Why was I not included in this? Like somebody's whatever. But um, like you guys said, the purple rice, the salad are essentials. Tofu and spicy chicken combo is always good. You got to get all the veggies, the kale, the cabbage, the carrots, the corn, cucumbers. And then I always go yum yum. So I don't change that up. Sorry. I am like Kenzie. I never put moochie on my bowl, but it's my mom's favorite cold topping. And I'd have to give her like five servings whenever I would like bring her home a bowl. And I'm going to move home here in a month. And she's going to get, like, all of my employee meals. And she's really pressed about there not being any mouche. Um, 
But yeah, dream closing squad, all you ladies, plus maybe Marquan on dining room, the little cutie. I can't believe his birthday is next month. Um, and then my dream bowl, or like my go-to bowl, I always go with um, the salad. I don't do any hot toppings just because, I don't know, when I like reheat my bowl, I'm still kind of getting used to like what's the best way to eat bibimbap like days later. But if I do, I'll get like potatoes and I'll put it in like a little um, mini bop cup. And then as far as protein, I usually go tofu. Sometimes I go steak, sometimes not, kind of depends. And then as far as cold toppings, I do corn, cucumbers, carrots, cabbage, kale, and pineapple. I really love pineapple and I really like it with the steak because apparently there's pineapple juice in the steak marinade, which I didn't know. Yeah, like Teddy told me that. And then my go-to sauces are always sriracha and yum-yum. Alrighty, well, as anyone listening may have realized, today we have a very special guest. Um, So, Kylie is um, in the middle of her, or towards the end, I guess, of her dietetic internship. And so we just wanted to ask her a couple questions today and learn all about what we're going to be going through in the next year or so. So, basically, um, our first, like, question, even though you kind of already did this, but, like, just, um... Like, introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. My name is Kylie Whirling. I'm a former president of SDA last year, and I'm currently a fourth-year student in my dietetic internships. So, in my application for the CP program, it was pretty much just, like, It was just a written application. I didn't have to do like an in-person interview or anything, but I would say maybe there were like 10 like short essay questions and they ask you to be like pretty concise on it, but you do want to like be detailed at the same time. Um, I'm sure the application for what I got into the CP program is probably fairly similar to the new program that they're going to have for all of the students coming through afterwards. So I would assume it'll probably be pretty similar. Um, The application wasn't too bad, but it was, you know, what really stinks is like waiting to hear back after you submit the application. Um, But it was just a pretty basic application. And then I did have to apply separately for the children's rotation, um, which is a specialized rotation um, for the dietetic internship part of it. Um, No other rotations require an interview or application or anything, but children's is just highly selective because it is like a very well-known hospital and they only pick four interns to attend every year. So my application for that, it was a little bit, it was definitely a shorter application than the CP application, but it just pretty much asked like why why I was interested in the children's uh, internship rotation. And then I answered a couple of questions about like why I was interested in dietetics in general. And then I also like they put a case study in it and you just answer. It was like a case study about um, a family who came from a different country and like spoke a different language. And you had to explain like how nutrition care, like how you, you would explain your nutrition care to them. And you just kind of follow that format. It's probably not the same application every year, but that's just what mine was. And then after they went through all the applications, they selected about eight to 10 people to interview of the people who applied. And I was lucky to be selected for an interview. And so the interview process 
was definitely a little bit intimidating. Um, my interview happened right when COVID started. So it was a virtual interview. Usually they're in person, but I know my year and this year, their interviews were um, via Teams and everything. So there are, what makes it so intimidating is that there's like multiple dietitians on there. So it's not just like you and one other person. It's like a group of dietitians and they're kind of like a firing squad, like just firing questions at you. Um, but everybody's really nice. You know, I had like really bad technical difficulties with my interview, but they were all super nice. And they were like, it's not your fault. Like we're all learning and all that stuff. And, you know, they were just really great. And it wasn't really that bad. I mean, it was a little intimidating, but it was because it's, you know, probably one of my first big interviews I've ever had. And then they just got back to me a little bit later and let me know that I actually got it. So yeah, that's kind of how that process worked. And I was wondering, does children's only take UC students or can any like dietetic student from any school apply? So usually it's only UC students, but this year there was like a weird exception. So this year, usually it's four interns, but this year we actually have five. So four of us are from UC and then the last intern, she has like a different path. It's very weird. So she went to UK for her undergrad in dietetics and then applied for her dietetic internship like through the matching program afterwards and she got matched with like a distance program so she had to like find her own internship it was very weird I don't know very non-traditional I'd never heard of it before and she had worked in the formula room at children's for like a year or something so she knew the director there and was able to kind of get get into the program a little bit so we also had her join us so there are five of us this year but I don't think typically that I don't think typically they do that. I think that was just like a one-time thing because she worked in the formula room and she like was already familiar with everybody. So, yeah. I hear you talking about the formula room and I know that that's like something specific that Mr. Pantel like talked about to us in our first year and it always sounded super interesting to me. Um, but what have uh, your favorite rotations been so far? If you wanna elaborate a little bit on those. So in the fall, I had two rotations. Usually you have a few more, but because of COVID, things were cut a little bit short and our hours went from needing 1,200 to 1,000. So John knew that I was going to be at Children's and Children's is like five days a week with eight hours each. So it's like guaranteed 40 hours every week. And I was going to be there for like 15 to 16 weeks. So he knew with that, that I was going to have plenty of hours. So um, I got, I only had two rotations in the fall, whereas most people had like another one because maybe they didn't have like as long of a rotation as me in the, in the spring. Yeah. And with COVID rotations were a little bit hard to come by. So we kind of had to like share the hours a little bit. So totally fine. But I started off at the VA medical center for my food service rotation. And that was really good. I was really shocked. I did not think I was going to like it there, but I learned a lot and everybody there was like super, super nice. So that was really great. And then I had a two week break. I was there for five weeks and then I had a two week break and I just worked during my break, but also kept myself available just in case John had any rotations or like last minute things that came up. And then for six weeks, I was at the Daniel Drake Center for Post-Acute Care. So it's a UC hospital. It's mostly a rehab hospital. I mean, I also really enjoyed my time there. I feel like I got like all of the basics of being a dietitian or like dietetic intern there. Like they really set a good basis for children's 
and they use the same like charting system like they use epic which is which was a really great like preface to coming to children's because children's also uses epic so it kind of made me familiar with their charting system which is like a whole thing in itself is learning that and then we had winter break and then i came in january to children's and i've been there for 10 weeks now i think so i have about four and a half weeks left i believe maybe five some somewhere around that i'm coming to an end but my favorite rotation so far at children's has probably been my rotation with bone marrow transplant and the hematology oncology unit so i was there for about four weeks between the two units and i was really interested in oncology coming in but i had never worked in it i didn't even know what it would entail it just was something that like seemed really interesting to me but after getting to work in those units i just really enjoyed it so that has been my favorite rotation at children's for sure so um i was wondering um what like how has covid affected your rotations and what those normally look like and what you've heard from years ahead of you um are they similar experiences you would have had without COVID or? Um, and for like, I don't know if somebody isn't as familiar with like, like what a dietetic internship is or what a dietetic intern does. Do you mind like talking a little bit about like some of the tasks that you like got to do at some of your different rotations? Like what exactly you do? Yeah. So like I said, I think I got like a little bit less exposure to like different rotations just because of like the limited rotations available. Um, I know that one of the girls before me, her name was Rose. She was also a peer leader and she also had the the children's rotation. We had like identical schedules. So she was also at the VA for food service. And then she was at Drake for just like a clinical like introduction. And then she was also at the Barrett Center for UC, um, which is like their cancer hospital and then she was at children's so she had an extra rotation and she was the year ahead of me kind of before COVID hit so I would would have assumed that I probably would have had another rotation in the fall which would have been great but having a little break was also kind of nice with everything just because it was kind of overwhelming Um, but I will say that it was super nice being able to still do all of this amidst COVID Um, I was fully expecting to have to do like virtual competencies to get my hours. And I really did not think that I was going to be allowed to go into hospitals at all. I really didn't. Um, So when everything rolled around and they said like, gear up, you're going in, I was like, all right, this is awesome. And I think it's, it's very hopeful for like the students below me because, you know, a lot of you guys have been stuck in work from home like do school from home for like a year now and I'm sure it's like super tiring and getting really monotonous but like there is hope like in a year from now even if COVID like is still a thing obviously it's getting better but like it was just really nice to be able to get out and live like a fairly normal life like I got to go and do my job as an intern every day now that being said it definitely was different Um, at the VA, like you come in and you have to get screened and checked every day, stuff like that. And it's, you know, masks, you have to wear them everywhere. And of course, throughout my rotations, we've had like many scares of like preceptors maybe having it or like workers maybe having it. And, you know, I've had to get tested, like that kind of stuff, because that just inherently comes with working in the hospital and like being around a lot of people during this time. Um, But the VA took just like all of the regular precautions. And then when I moved to Drake, 
um, that the census there is really low. So they had a really low like patient load compared to normal because of COVID. And so because of that, the dietitians normally worked eight hour days, but they were only working six hour days while I was there. So instead of getting eight hours, like in an, on a normal day, I would get six hours. So my hours were reduced there. But like I said, I didn't, I was lucky. I didn't really have to worry about not getting as many hours because I knew I would get them with children's. Um, but at Drake, it was nice because we could just come in and take our own temperature and stuff, but still wearing masks and you have to wear the face shields and everything. So it feels kind of weird um, being in front of patients. It's a little bit like not very personable. Sometimes it feels like because, you know, you're behind a mask. They can't see your face. You're behind a shield like they can't really see your eyes, your facial expressions. They can't see you smile like it's it's definitely a little bit different, but you just kind of have to find ways to like compensate for it, you know, just like being really nice when you talk and just like expressive with your like voice with your voice and whatnot and I don't know try and smile under your mask because like sometimes you can tell but that is has definitely been like a big barrier and then at children's kind of same thing we just self-screen every day we wear our masks and there we are allowed to wear like goggles so it's not so invasive with the face shields but still it's really hard to be around kids with masks on because like you just look scary you know like you can't smile and comfort them so sometimes you walk in the room and they get scared because they can't see your face so that's definitely a little bit different than what normally would be happening yes so at the va like i said that was my food service management rotation um so i think a lot of this either have been or will be in Lindsay's class that's called like institutional management. And so in that class, you'll learn a lot about how a dietitian can be useful in like a hospital food setting or a school food setting. Um, we know a lot about, we know and we learn a lot about food safety in school. And so we can be really helpful in those settings, which a lot of people don't know if you're not like a dietetic student or like a dietitian or work in the healthcare field stuff like that. So it's pretty interesting. Um, when I was there, I pretty much worked on like some projects. My big project was my theme meal project. So if any of you have been through Lindsay's class, you will go through Lindsay's class if you haven't already. Um, but you'll you'll create a, 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 a meal themed off of just any theme you want. And so this was kind of the same at the VA. I had like free reign to choose whatever theme I wanted. And I just had to creatively make it work. I had to pick like foods that would fit under that theme. And then I like went a little bit above and beyond and did like a little like side project. Like, so my theme was international foods. And so I picked that just because it was like COVID times, like people couldn't travel. And a lot of the veterans at the hospital have like traveled around the world. So it was an international theme. So each component of the plate was from a different part of the world. So I remember we did like, Brussels sprouts and we did like pot stickers on one and stuff like that but we had to hit like certain nutritional components too so it was pretty cool we had to make a main tray and an alternate tray and then I made like a passport that went on the tray with the food so that was like the extra project I did and it had like fun facts about all the all of like the countries the foods came from and like where they came from and all that stuff and it was really fun I had another intern there with me so it made it more fun usually they only have one intern but it was nice to have a buddy there with me and so that was our main project and then we also did stuff like we worked with kind of inventory stock like putting away stock counting stock safe like uh, I don't know like cleaning of kitchen and like food prep stuff like that like we would do kitchen checks and we would 
account inventory and all sorts of things really. We learned a lot about like disciplinary action. It was interesting working for like a federal company. Um, we got to see a lot of stuff like that. And we just like learned a lot about leadership because the dietitian was like the manager of the kitchen. So it was really cool. It was not really what I was expecting, but I think if I ever did food service, I would be more interested in a hospital because of doing this. It was definitely really interesting. So that's kind of what my time at the VA looked like. And then when I was at Drake, I would just kind of come in in the morning and I would, my dietitian would give me some notes to, or patients to see like notes to work on. Um, and the longer you're there, the bigger caseload you get. So just on any given day, she'd give me a couple of patients to kind of pre-chart on. So you look at their chart, all their information, and you can start a note. And then we would listen into rounds and the rounds there were pretty quick. They were only like 30 minutes or so because we didn't have a lot of patients. And then we would go, go up to the floor with all the patients on it and make our rounds. We would visit and go check tube feedings or go talk to patients or families or whatever we had to do. Um, and then I would come back down and finish charting. And then they had to do things like um, tube feed audits or patient tray audits from the kitchen or like peer reviews of other dietitian notes, stuff like that. So we would work on like those odd end projects Anytime we had like a free moment, if we weren't just seeing patients and writing notes, stuff like that. And there I did a lot of like adult tube feeding, stuff like that. A lot of selecting like adult enteral formulas and advancement plans. I worked with a lot of like G tubes and I specifically worked on the trach and vent unit. So a lot of my patients were in comas or couldn't really speak because they had a trach in and stuff like that. So most of my patients were tube fed every now and then i would have some that took some by mouth but they we worked heavily with speech therapy there along with the other therapies like i said and then at children's it definitely depends a little bit kind of where you're at each week but the main thing kind of the main schedule of what it looks like is you get there in the morning and then you round anywhere from like an hour to like five hours like some rotations you round a really long time because you have a ton of patients and some, you know, it's, there's less patients, but maybe they're like more complicated and stuff like that. So I round and I might pre-chart a little bit while we're rounding and then we'll go visit patients. A lot of times it's really hard to get in to actually see the patients just because there's a lot of like other medical professionals kind of getting in and out. So even getting to see the patients or a parent being there, like having someone to talk to can be really difficult. So getting in to see the patients itself, it can be a huge challenge. Um, but that's definitely my favorite part, just going to get to talk to families and the kids and everything. It's just really great. Um, it's definitely the part that you can't really learn. Like, it's just something you have to get with experience. And the more I do it, the more comfortable I am. And I think a lot of that came from kind of having roles where I talk to people, you know, being a peer leader and like being the president of this of SDA and everything. That really helped me. But I don't know. It's just something that you get with experience. But once you get it, like you feel totally comfortable with families. And I don't know. It's just really fun. And then I'll come back and finish charting for the rest of the day. And I have had a couple of projects that I'm working on. So we do a lunch and learn project. And then we also do a case study project. So I kind of work on those in my free time. And then a lot of dietitians do research there. So every now and then I'll be reading some research articles for them or like learning about a research project people are doing. So there's always stuff to get into for sure. So I know that was a lot, but it's definitely very different like at every place you go, so. 
It definitely sounds like they keep you busy while you're there at your internships. How are you able to judge like the work that's put on you during your rotations as well as like your classes and like having a job responsibility on top of that? Yes, so during the internship, you don't have classes per se. So the projects that I mentioned, you do turn in to John. Um, but I don't have anything else to turn in except for those projects. So you have your theme meal project, and then you also have your lunch and learning, your case study. And sometimes they're spread out and sometimes you have them all in the same semester. It just kind of depends like where your rotations fall. And those are not like too big of a responsibility at all. Like, like I said, some days I'll just have like an extra 10 minutes, 15 minutes, half hour, whatever. And then I'll just kind of read a little bit like maybe some research for one of my projects and I'll just, you know, do some highlighting and then I can work on my PowerPoint the next 15 minutes I have. And I don't know, you just kind of squeeze it in as you go. And then if you don't have enough time by the time your presentation is, you just work on it at home a little bit like homework. Um, so those really aren't too bad. You can get them done as long as you're just like a diligent person and you don't just waste your downtime for sure. And then, so you don't really have to deal with classes, which is actually really nice. So it's super nice because you just kind of go to work during the day and then you come home and you don't have like homework to come home to. And it's like this little taste of what life is going to be like when you graduate. So it's, it's really nice. Um, and then I work on weekends just because I have a lot of things that I have to pay for. Um, I wouldn't recommend doing that if you don't have to, just because it, it is a lot working like 40 hours a week. I mean, you don't get paid for the internship, but you definitely have to work hard and you have to prove yourself because you want to make a good mark and you want to learn as much as you can. So like you really have to take advantage of it. So it's not just like 40 hours of not thinking of like mindless work. It's like 40 hours of like hard work. Like you're thinking, you're constantly thinking, you're constantly making changes, you're up seeing patients, you're doing this, you're doing that, you know, you're constantly getting pulled in like a million different directions. So if you don't have to work on weekends, I would recommend not and like spending that time relaxing because it really is like you're an adult doing an adult job is like what it feels like you know and most adults don't also work on weekends it's usually you know you're 40 hours a week and you're done so it is really draining doing that but in order to kind of reduce that I only work like five or six hour shifts and then after that I try and relax like my Friday night and my Saturday night I try and relax and then Sunday night I can do like whatever prep work I have to do or like any chores stuff like that so it can be a lot but you just kind of have to find time for yourself and if you don't have to work I would not recommend working um, but if you have to I would just you know just better be a really dedicated person and you just need to make sure that you're still giving your all to your internship because that is like the most important thing so. You kind of mentioned this earlier um, when you're talking about your children's rotation and like COVID, um, what's another way it's been challenging to work with parents and kids at that rotation? And like any other ways it's been challenging at the other rotations, like at Drake or the VA? So my challenges I feel like I faced at the VA, I don't know, I think it was pretty, it was just a very different environment. So I'm used to working in food. You know, I've worked in restaurants for a good amount of time now, kind of up through school, but you kind of work on the manager side of things, which is like really weird feeling like 
you're just a student, but I'm over here like ordering inventory and making schedules, like doing all this stuff that I, I don't know, I just feel like a manager should be doing it. And I feel like I'm so young and I just felt a little out of place at first, but luckily, like I said, the staff at the VA was probably some of the nicest people I've ever met. They were all so nice and they went out of the way to like say hi to me all of the time and they they loved us there. Um, but another thing that was hard about the VA was actually having two interns there because it almost made it like too easy at some points. And I really like to be challenged and I wanna make sure that I'm like getting the most out of my rotations. So since I had another intern there with me and it was the first time they ever had two interns, um, they kind of had to modify things and like find ways to give us more challenging work because there were two of us working on like one project, stuff like that. So I think something challenging about it was like, it was hard to find a challenge sometimes, you know what I mean? I don't know if that makes sense, but so at times I wanted it to be a little bit more challenging. So with Drake, some of the challenges were that a lot of my patients were trached and on vents. And so, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of them had like tubes in their throat. And so they actually couldn't talk if they were kind of awake. And a lot of my patients were in comas as well. So it was really challenging because like when you go to visit a patient, you know, they're tr if they have a trach and they can't, they are awake and they can, you know, look at you and know what's going on, they can't always talk. So they're sitting there and they're like mouthing things at you and you're asking them questions. But at times it can be really, really difficult to understand them. Um, but I think that was just like a little specific thing to my population. Um, but it was also just difficult working with patients in comas as, as well for that same reason is you know, you can't go in and ask them if they're feeling bloated or if they're feeling nauseous because you just don't know, you know, they're, they're unresponsive. And along with that is just, it's also just like emo emotionally, it took like a big toll on me because I would see patients that were close to my age or maybe my parents' age or like my brother's age, like young adults or adults, sometimes like grandparents' age. And they're just some of them are just in freak accidents. You know, we saw a lot of like ATV accidents or, you know, automobile crashes, stuff like that. And then these patients' lives are like changed forever and they're in a coma and you never know if they're going to wake up. And it's just like really sad to think about. And sometimes you have to hear about, you know, like end of life conversations. And like, that's never really anything that I would, would have ever expected. Um, you know, I don't really play a huge role in those conversations, but it, it does take an emotional toll, like having to hear that working in a hospital. And it's very sad because sometimes you can put yourself in the patient's shoes and it's like, oh my gosh, that could have been me or that could have been a family member. So it definitely takes a lot to kind of split yourself from your work. So like leaving work at work at the end of the day, you know what I mean? And then coming home and being like, okay, that was like at work, I'm going to leave that there. And then I'm going to come home and I'm, this is my place to like relax. And like, I don't want to bring that stress or like sadness home with me. So sometimes it does get sad. Like not every, everywhere you work is sad, but sometimes it is. And that's also like something I've definitely dealt with at children's is working four weeks with bone marrow transplant and oncology. You see a lot of sad things and it's really sad. Like it doesn't get more sad than kids having cancer. You know what I mean? And and we do have adults there as well. And I think I've mentioned this to previous people before, but it's almost things that can be more sad is seeing a, a parent with multiple kids and they have cancer. And it can just take a huge emotional toll on you kind of wherever you're at in a hospital setting, because you see these things that 
are just like really heavy sometimes and it can be a lot. I would say that's probably the biggest challenge, but also that's what makes it so rewarding is like the heavy emotional stuff also comes with like the the highs, you know, like then you see the kid get better. You see the kid go through a bone marrow transplant and they're in remission. You know what I mean? So you go, you also get the, you have the lows, but then you also get the highs. So that's what makes it really worth it, I would say. And then, yeah, just like general challenges during COVID, it can just be really difficult. Like I said, with masks, feeling personal and feeling close to your patients sometimes. So I don't know. I think that that'll all get better once COVID is over, but I don't know. Yeah, I feel like those are my main struggles. It's It can just be a lot emotionally. You kind of touched on this earlier when you were talking about how being um, president of SDA and being a peer leader gave you like not public speaking abilities, but the ability to talk to a group of people and how that affected you being able to talk to like families um, in your rotations. Is there anything else you've learned through your rotations that maybe you wouldn't have learned in a class setting or that a class setting wouldn't be able to provide you with? Oh my gosh, I feel like I have learned like so much through my rotations. Um, If you would have asked me a year ago today, being a junior, like getting ready to go into my internship, if I felt ready, I would have said no. Or like if I felt ready to be a dietitian, I would have been like, are you kidding me? Like there's no way. But after all of this, like I can wholeheartedly say like right now, I feel like I could go out there right now if if I need to get to go take care of a patient, like I could go take care of a patient. Like I really feel like after all of this, it has just fully prepped me to be like an entry level RD. If not, like, I don't know. It just really it's really hard to describe because you do learn so many things that they just don't teach you in class and you learn like very specific things to your populations as well. So that's why I'm excited to kind of get a job in a specific area and learn more about that specific area. Because once you learn a lot about that area, then you can like really provide great nutrition care to to your patients. And so I've seen that with the dietitians I've been with at Children's, you know, nutrition care for bone marrow transplant is way different than nutrition care in the NICU, like way different. And they can't, they just can't teach you all of that in school. They can't teach you like how specialized it gets. And and I don't know, it's just truly like amazing to me. I think it's so cool that it can be so specialized and you can just learn so much from seeing so many different patients and just experiencing so much. Um, I think it just really gives you, the internship gives you a really great, I don't know, like experience. It just, there's nothing like getting hands-on experience. And it really helped, like I said, like the more I did it, like after my six weeks at Drake, I felt so comfortable talking to patients. Um, But like my first week there, the first time I talked to a patient, I didn't know what to say. You know what I mean? Like I just shouted around a dietitian for like probably three or four days. And then I gave it my best shot. And at the beginning, it was awkward. And sometimes there's like weird, awkward pauses, and you don't know what to say. And you're like, hmm, but it, it gets so much better. And it's just stuff that comes with experience. And I feel like everybody tells you this, and it's like a broken record. But it's just, you learn all the little things that they can't teach you in school, like all of the little things that are important to what you're doing, that they can't get so specialized in, like in class. So I don't know, the experience is just like unmatchable. And if I didn't have the internship, like, I don't know what I would do. I don't feel like I would be ready to be a dietitian at all, so. And then I feel like you kind of touched on this a little bit, but, like, I feel like we all have kind of an idea of, oh, I want to be a clinical dietitian. I don't want to do this. 
Were there any rotations that you went into thinking, oh, I feel like I'm not going to love this or like I'm not going to love this aspect of it? And then you ended up being surprised and liking it in the end? Yes. So kind of like I mentioned before, I really didn't think I was going to like the VA. I don't know why. I had never had any experience with the VA to make me think I wouldn't like it. But I just really didn't think I would like it there. I don't know. I don't know why. And I'm really mad at myself that I thought that way. But I came out of it and I really liked it. And part of it was like the environment that the staff created there. Like the staff was so friendly. Like everybody you pass in the hallway said like, hello, every single person. And that's just like the little thing that like makes my day brighter. So I really liked that. And then, like I said, I was not interested really at all in food service. And still, I think I would prefer to do clinical, but going into food service in a hospital made me realize like, hey, if I ever did want to do food service, I would definitely prefer to do it in a hospital over a school probably. And there were just like way less stipulations on like what you had to be serving to your to the population versus a school is like extremely specific. Um, there were still some things obviously you had to hit, but it was just like a little bit more free than a school and a little bit more fun, I felt. So I was really shocked by how much I liked that. And I really feel like I learned like a ton at the VA. So that was probably my most like shocking rotation for sure. Okay, so I'm interested. What were you um, most interested in going into before your rotations? And where are you sitting now? Like, where do you think you'll go after graduation? So before rotations, I was definitely interested in clinical. Um, I don't really fully know why. I just, I wasn't like totally interested in sports and I wasn't totally interested in like food service or anything. So I was like, oh, clinical sounds good. And then, like I said, I had like a brief interest in oncology and pediatrics, obviously. Um, And after my rotations, I definitely am still interested in in clinical, but for like different reasons. Like I'm definitely passionate about it now rather than just like almost settling for it a little bit. Um, I just think there's something super cool about I I love working inpatient because I really love being able to track a patient for a long period of time. And like I said, I sound like a broken record, but I loved my time with bone marrow transplant and oncology because I had a lot of time there. Whereas like from then on, I've only had one week at each like department. So I had like three to four weeks where I was tracking the same patients and it was just great. It was awesome because I could really see like what my nutrition interventions were doing and I could see the patient get getting better with my recommendations, if that makes sense. So I really like being able to see like what I put into effect and how it's, I don't know, like how the outcome is, you know, like the success we get from it. And a lot of times outpatient, you don't always get to see that. And I just think there's something cool about like also using nutrition as like, it can be used as medicine and like a healing power. And I see these sick kids and then, you know, all they need is like really good feeds and then they start growing and it's just really cool. I, I, I think it's really cool. And I think it's like really touching to see like the impact you have on like one particular kid. I just think it's really cool. So definitely still interested in pediatrics and I'm definitely interested in clinical, but definitely more passionate for like different reasons. So This is kind of random, but I think when I heard you talking about it, I was like, whoa, that's like so cool that you actually got to see that. But didn't you say that you were working with like epileptic patients and did did you say that you, some of them you put on keto or? Yes. Okay. So 
my brother actually has epilepsy and my parents tried like different like therapeutic diets of some sort to like help with his seizures and so that that's actually like what tweaked my interest peaked my interest sorry in nutrition and something that kind of opened my eyes to to nutrition before I decided it was something I wanted to do so being able to work in the neurology department at Children's was super cool I only did it for a week but the dietitian there is like super super knowledgeable in keto and so yeah Children's actually uses keto to help like treat kids with seizures along with medicine and these parents and kid like these parents of these kids are passionate like they will tell you it works and they will not shut up about it and it's amazing because I don't know having seizures is very scary and to I think it's so cool like I don't know it's just so cool that food can be used in treatment and they're like pretty pretty successful and the dietitian there like works super hard like she is fielding phone calls all day from parents you know asking them asking her all sorts of questions like any question you could ever have about keto and these parents learn everything that they ever could about keto for their kids just because they want to do whatever they can and it's like so inspiring and it's so cool to think that like food can do that like it's not a tube feed like it's this kid eating a a specific diet I don't know it's just really cool and I think it's really nice of children's to kind of I don't know like allow that intervention that that big of an intervention from nutrition like it's clearly been shown to be effective so I appreciate that they kind of hold the dietitians with really high regard and they let you know that dietitian take charge on that and they let her you know select patients to put on that diet and she follows up and it's really cool so yeah definitely one of the coolest things I think I've experienced there this is also a little random but have you ever had issues like talking to doctors and giving your input about a certain patient and like really gaining that authority because like compared you know like I feel like doctors overall have more authority or there might be some fear being a dietitian trying to talk to a full team um how did you find your voice in that and did you ever have challenges with that yes so if I'm being honest, like when we round and stuff, I don't do a lot of the talking. The dietitian still does a lot of the talking just because I'm like every week besides my first four weeks, I've been rotating. So I really haven't gotten to build rapport with a lot of teams besides my first team. But in general, I do feel like particularly at children's dietitians are held with really high regard. And that is one of the reasons I really wanted to get in there is because I like needed to see that firsthand because at some of the other places I've seen, like, dietitians are valued, but, like, eh, not always that much, and I had heard, you know, I don't know, they can be dismissed easily by people like the doctor, you know, people who do have, like, more authority, per se, but I think at Children's, the doctors and the entire medical team, like, really, really hold the dietitians with high regard, and, like, the dietitians I work with are just amazing, like, they're, none of them are scared at all to like ever give their input on a patient like and the worst a doctor or another like high medical professional can do is like be like oh like I don't really agree with this like do you think we can do this instead I don't know and I've never seen anybody get like shot down and so that like makes me feel good that like when it is my time to do this on my own I really don't think that I'll be scared it does take a little bit of time to like build rapport with the team as a whole But that's the thing is that like it's a team 
And like, yes, the doctor may have like the final say on a lot of things, but children's is super, super good about like making sure everybody has a say. And so like when we're rounding, you know, we're just going to say what we're going to say about a patient and then we can discuss it like all together. You know, if someone disagrees, then we can say why we wanted to do this and then they can say why they disagreed. And it, it's more of like a conversation. I don't know. It's not as intimidating as it seems. It can be as an intern, but I feel like once it's my turn to do it as a dietitian, like, I don't think I'll be so scared. Even if I don't end up at Children's, I think that, like, working in an environment like that has, like, made me feel more passionate and, like, empowered to be able to, like, say what I want to say and, like, why. Like, being able to say why you want to do something gives it, like, that much more impact, you know, so. Kind of to wrap it up here with our last question, um, looking back on where you were before you started your rotations and where you are now, is there anything you wish you knew beforehand, like before your rotations? Um, and do you have any advice for either like your younger self or anyone about to start their rotations or for our year? Okay, so I think just like making the most of every opportunity. So obviously try your best in school, but like it's not about like memorizing something for a test it's about like understanding that concept for the for the future and also like being kind to yourself and remembering that like when you enter your internship like your preceptor isn't going to expect you to know everything like i remember trying so hard in school to understand like how to calculate tpn I tried so hard and I just like, it was so difficult at the time. And I remember really struggling and I was like, oh my gosh, like, how am I ever going to get this? Like, I just like, how am I ever going to do this on a daily basis? I don't know. And there were like multiple concepts like that, where I was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't ever know that I'll be able to do that and like really be good at it. But once you get in there, I mean, the dietitians teach you all sorts of like their own tips and tricks. And I was doing I was writing like my own TPNs on my first week in children's, which is like crazy. But like the dietitian there just like showed me how to do it. Okay, I wasn't writing them on, on my own. Like she was verifying them and everything, but like I could calculate them like working off of an example that we did. So I don't know, just like be kind to yourself and don't think that like you have to know everything going in. I was always so afraid that when I would get to rotations that my preceptor would be like, all right, what is the function of vitamin K? And I would just sit there and I'd be like, uh, like, I don't know, but like, they don't do that to you. You know, you get in and you shadow for a few days and you figure out like, or more than a few days, if that's what you need, you just have to like be transparent with them. You know, you're lucky. You actually have a lot of time to develop your skills. Like a thousand hours is so much time to develop your skills. And so it's okay to not be perfect. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay for things to be awkward sometimes. Like, but you just have to go for it. You have to make the most of every situation. You know, like there are days when most days are eight to four at children's, but there are days that I've stayed until like six o'clock with like a special rotation just to go see like a few more patients. You know, the dietitian's like, oh, you know, like you can go home for the day, but staying that extra like two hours and seeing like the extra few patients was like super valuable to me. And I feel like it's just going out of your way to do the little things like that or I don't know, just like volunteering to write a few more notes or like trying to challenge yourself. Like I'm at the point now where I almost want to be doing like staff relief. So I'm asking my preceptors to let me like try and take on almost all of their patients for the day, which can be like really difficult, but it's just, I don't know. You just really have to challenge yourself and you really have to make the most out of everything. And sometimes that might require coming in early or staying late or, you know, doing some research at home or, 
I don't know, just like lots of different things, but really in order to get what you need to get out of it, you got to go the extra mile. And that's, I don't know, sometimes that's, that's what you got to do. So sometimes it stinks, but that's why you're not supposed to have other like big responsibilities outside of this internship. So then you can focus on it. So just, just know you don't have to know everything and know that you will learn a lot. And that if you're in this position, like, I don't know, like my year as a junior, like I said, like a year ago from today, I would have never thought I would be this far. Just like, no, you're going to like take huge strides once you hit you, once you hit your internship and you are going to feel so good after because that's like what this is for. So. All right. Well, thank you seriously so much for coming on the podcast today. It's been a blast and I've learned so much. Yeah, <laughs> um, thanks about- for having me. <laughs> Um, yeah, so to anybody listening at home, be sure to come back in like two weeks for the next episode.